0: Welcome to the official broadcast of PCA America's National Conference. I'm Nathan Fink and I'll be your host for the next four days as we embark on this transformative journey and hear from experts in prevention and together discover innovative family-focused policies, cutting-edge research programs and practices that help drive the field toward upstream thinking so every child has the opportunity to grow up safe and nurtured. As Prevent Child Abuse America's first in-person meeting of state chapters and home visiting networks, policy and community partners, and other collaborators since 2019, the 2023 conference offers nearly 90 sessions, three keynote speakers, workshops, symposia, and presentations focusing on effective prevention strategies with nationally recognized experts and leaders. So tune in to hear from professionals, advocates and innovators in child abuse and neglect prevention. Because each day is an opportunity to build foundations for our future. Hello and welcome to the PCA America National Conference Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined by Harold Green third, artist, storyteller, poet, speaker, and producer, and so much more. Uh, Harold, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me, Nate. So I wanted to start out by the way you bring attention and focus to specific things, to so challenges, issues, opportunities through your work. How do you view art's role in creating spaces for these conversations?
1: Art, first of all, art has so many different facets, you know, and it's spread across so many different disciplines. And for me, what I find to be probably the most productive or most efficient way of kind of being a Trojan horse type artist is collaboration. I think collaboration is one of my favorite things, like allowing other artists to bring their genius to the table and allowing those two things to meld. And in that the final product, we are creating some type of like artistic Venn diagram, you know, so we're bringing these people into a space that they didn't necessarily um, know what happened. So like, you know, for instance, I have a, a music collector uh with, you know, all these amazing musicians and singers and uh there would be live shows where we would have wood burning and dances, all these different things coming together. And you may have somebody who's really into singing, so they're coming to see that, but then all of a sudden they hear poetry. Or maybe they're really into live music and they're coming to hear the band, but now they hear all this great singing. You know, so I think that Art has a way of bleeding into spaces that are unexpected at times, even the way that we use public art with murals and uh, advertisements on moving vehicles and different things like that. You're in a space and you didn't expect for art to pop up on you like that. And art has a way of touching and connecting with you in times where you didn't expect feels like inflection point.
0: You know what I mean? Like you're running through your life. We just started talking about our kids mm-hmm. before we start we hit play, right? And it has this way of making you run into it. Yeah. Popping into your life, but the conversation is also kind of cross-sector like you're saying like you're causing others from other places to draw in and have it Mm -hmm. i'm so grateful that I, i got the opportunity to talk to you and i want to play a quick segment of a poem that you're going to perform here live called something to live for
1: what's more dangerous someone who's not afraid to die or one who's found everything to live for i asked him if he was proud of me as he laid his pecan colored head on my chest and he replied yes and I went through my mind a thousand times to figure out what that could possibly mean. And every single option ended in motivation for me. So you may not be afraid to die, but I'm more afraid to let him down. That's why I don't put this pen down. We sat down and traced out African kings and queens of past, adorned in crowns, absent of sound, his face absent of stress. I watched as that pencil press, that lead impressed and regress, reminded me of my own approach. Live and let learn. Teach and be taught. Take it all in. I may not remember it all and I probably should have wrote it down, but this just gonna have to do for now. And he's taught me more than I could ever give him credit for and probably more than I'll ever know. But one thing's for certain. I see his face when I step on stage is when I put this pen down the pages, when I put these two feet down on pavement. This passion has real placement. You think I'm gonna let the world take that from me? When them two little boys sitting at home relying on me, He asked to hear my music. I remain calm, but inside I'm losing. He's not too cool for me. And I reciprocate that sentiment. I'd never be too cool for him. And he pee standing tall because he saw me do it.
0: When I hear that, when I hear that work, I'm immediately struck by this idea of t- like two worlds, right? Like side by side, we've got the world of the child and the world of the parent. And the older I get, you know, as a caregiver, it becomes clear to me that my world has this tremendous, these tremendous forces in it, mm-hmm. these pressures, these stresses these responsibility, And yet your child, as you say in your work, teaches you more than you can ever give them credit for. So I want you to think about that for a second and talk to me about some of the things that your child unwittingly taught you
1: as a dad. It's so funny that she, <laughs> we were actually just having this conversation, my wife and I, about because we we kind of joke a lot about how the oldest has a lot of my tendencies. I'm more the between my wife and I, I'm more the introvert um, and she's the extrovert. And I have certain reclusive tendencies um, in spaces and the youngest is more of the extrovert between the two boys and he's just, you know, wherever he goes, he's making friends, yada yada yada. And I understand both of them, but it's been funny because helping the oldest work through certain emotional things, um, because he he gets very passionate, you know, about about certain things and I and I understand that energy to be able to help him work through those things I have to have been able to have worked through my things you know so it's like this sensei and karate kid type situation and she was just explaining to me how she's just noticed over the years my patience and my particular approach to things just having grown so much because of you know having to help him you know navigate things and having to help the youngest navigate his things so off top 100 100%, the first thing I will say is patience. You know, in life, we we expect or we want certain things to happen, or we, you know, because we're working hard or we're doing this and we're doing that, and we're hoping that the equation works out in the end. And sometimes it just does not, you know, and it, it has its own timeline. And my kids have really, through their own stuff that I've watched them have to deal with, and then me, in turn, working through my stuff and helping them work through their things, my patience has grown tremendously. That That's at the top of my list. It's interesting you say that because
0: you mixed in with patience,
1: I think, is a lot. There's
0: a lot of courage. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, don't be afraid of where you came from. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the reactions. Have the courage to stand up and investigate them. Go backward a bit. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you can't get that unless you're trying to instill something. I don't I don't want to say better, you know what I mean? Because like, mm-hmm. if I'm not afraid, it's not better or worse. It's right. just there. Right, right, right. But you want to instill something or leave something behind, like you said, legacies. Yeah. There's a lot of legacy work here. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting that you should be the quiet one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then be a performer, be yes. a producer, yes, 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 be yes. a poet. Yes. So. But as a performer, Mm -hmm. you're communicating, like, these perspectives, these lessons, these things. And you just had your publishing debut Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. uh, your book, Black Roses, and your uh, Black Oak, which is a dual illustrated volumes. Talk to me about what inspired those works.
1: You know, I'm a very proud black man. Like, I know what my heritage is. I know, you know... (laughs) Even as a child, I remember taking Black History Month activities very seriously and understanding my relationship of Black American and citizen, you know, in this country. And I think that that particular pride um, has evolved and turned into adult form and artist form. And when I have opportunities to use my platform to shine a light of love and understanding and enlightenment of how beautiful black can be in contrast to so much that has gone on in this country on the adverse side of it. Um, I'm always trying to do that, you know, and when I had the opportunity to put out these these dual volumes, I knew I wanted to shine a light on black Americans who are doing amazing things and just strength, strengthening the tapestry of this country and, and world at large. Um, a lot of these people have such large ripple effects. And then on top of that, I wanted to make sure that I was using black illustrators and and black book designers and all these wonderful stuff because so, I think that sometimes we forget that when we're on a platform, it's not a pedestal, you know? So I wanted to, it's room and I want to pull people up and put them on, you know, that platform as well. So um, it was really about shining a a beautiful light on all of the wonderful things that black Americans have been doing in a contemporary form. Because that was the big difference when we were doing market research for these books. I was very big on, I wanted to make sure that all of the people that were talked about were living because that's something that happens a lot. We wait until people die and then we get to talking about them, giving them all their roses and all that great stuff. Um, Because I think it's easy, it's less scary Scary, you know, because when people are alive and you start complimenting them and giving them all that stuff, then all of a sudden you turn on social media, turn on the TV. They didn't do something wrong, and now you now you got to take your words back. And I, I wanted to show a certain sign of bravery to say they are still here, and I'm going to step out on a limb and say you are doing great. Keep going. Celebrate who we are. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And so those books are, you know, for me, for you, for adults, but you know, we're talking now about children and our children. So how do we bring that perspective down to the child's register?
1: Um, So I have a uh, children's publishing uh, program with uh, Running Press Kids. And uh, with that, we just published our first two board books in May of this year, um, The Number Store and Rainbow Park. And those are helping children with those early foundational uh, learning concepts like. Numbers and colors, and then we have a, a picture book coming out in December. The next year we have a middle grade book, and then I also have another picture book coming out with Chronicle Books out of Oakland. So I'm just trying to hit all sectors, you know, trying to spread it, up, spread all that love across the board, uh, because I think that my writing style and my narrative style is is helpful for children. I think it's easy to digest and uh, easy for them to take these concepts and and Really, you know evolve and learn from them
0: harold it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for making it all this way thank you so much for having me and stay tuned for more interviews from the pca america's national conference podcast